This week's sponsor of the Fastest Known Podcast is VJ Shoes. Founded in Finland, VJ has been making performance outdoor running shoes for over 40 years, and now they're finally available in North America. With the best grip on the planet, VJ Shoes have helped the world's best trail runners, sky runners, participants in orienteering, and even obstacle course racers achieve their dreams and win world championships. Listeners can get $40 off of VJ Shoes by going to vjshoesusa.com slash fkt and entering code FKT40 at checkout. Hi, my name is Rhea Koble. Um, I live in Boulder, Colorado, and I'm a professional athlete. Um, I love all mountain sports. I consider myself a mountain athlete, and I like doing races that challenge me that are more just about going from the start line to the finish line that have a lot of um, in-between challenges that really can't be trained for until you get to the spot. Um, and this summer, actually, I'm taking on a project called Scale Slovenia, where my friend Trevor and I are trying to set the fastest known time for going from the lowest point to the highest point of the country. Um, for guys, the current record is 18 and a half hours, and no woman has ever done it before. And I feel like there's very few challenges left that are not yet accomplished. So being the first one at something um, is really special to me. And I'm Trevor uh, Townsend, 42, going on 12, probably the uh, oldest kid you'll ever meet. Still trying to figure out what I want to do when I grow up. So while I'm doing that, Ray asked me if I wanted to travel to Europe and conquer something that's never been done or only been done a couple of times. And I said, sure. So we're dedicating the next six months here learning how to bike, train, alpinism, and uh, free dive. Have a little fun. Free dive. Well, we're going to get into that in a minute. Thank you, too, for those terrific introduction, uh, Ray and Trevor. This is episode 75, 75 podcasts in a row on Friday morning. And this one's going to be really fun because we're going to talk about OCR, obstacle course racing for those who are not in the know, and then Scale Slovenia, which Ray just told you a little bit about. And Trevor just dropped the hint that it even includes free diving. Free diving, we haven't had that on here before either, but we're going to get into that in a second. First, let's back the truck up here. So, Rhea, you got an interesting backstory. Obviously, you're from Slovenia. Your English is fantastic. You just told me a second ago that once you leave Slovenia, nobody speaks. you got to learn good English and do nothing but speaking English. But you went to Stanford and got a degree in engineering, I believe. Yeah, um, I was at Stanford. I was working on my material science and engineering master's and applied physics PhD. And then while I was doing that, I started racing in OCR quite a bit. Um, and I realized about halfway through that OCR and grad school were kind of making the same amount of money. One of them was making me incredibly happy, the other one not so happy. So I just made my choice. And um, once I got my master's, I finished at Stanford and moved to Boulder, Colorado to be an athlete. <laughs> wow, this is, a fa- this is the fastest known podcast. Look how much ground we're covering. You're making as much money in OCR as you were in grad school. This is at Stanford, which is very high level. This is no community college. So that's amazing. You got your master's degree, and then you came here, and you've been having fun ever since. Yeah, I think it was one of the best life decisions I've made. <laughs> <laughs> okay, raking in. The- well, we're going to talk about OCR in a minute, but uh, Trevor, I liked what you said uh, 42 going on 12. So you're just the go-getter, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> Out of 13 cousins, I'm the only one not married with kids. Still traveling the world and the country and just setting adventures and goals. 
which uh, I grew up on a farm. So where whereabouts? Western New York, um, Finger Lakes region, mm-hmm. a dairy farm, and my uncle raced triathlons, canoes, uh, mountain bikes, and growing up with him, I just said, I want to do that when I grow up. So that's how I got into it. And you're still growing up. Still trying to figure out what I want to be. (laughs) (laughs) This is so good. We're going to have a lot of fun with this, but I'm going to keep the backstory to get people caught up. So, Rhea, besides OCR, you have done a fair amount of ultra runs. You did Bandera in Texas just, uh, what looks like, six weeks ago. And you've done Broken Arrow outside of Tahoe a couple times, finishing second there. That's a technical course, obviously. So my presumption would be that you're a little better at the steep and technical than at the fat and <laughs> flat and fast. Yeah, definitely. Um, <laughs> when there was kind of a try at like non-sky running, just trail running, and I realized that I really do need more than just a run in races to be motivated to really be able to push hard. Um, so I've decided that it was a one and done and really fun, but now I'm ready to just kind of stick with sky races and obstacle course races, mountain bike races, adventure races, ski races, um, things that are like, have like more than one factor in it. Wow. And so you're doing schema as well. Yes. Um, I'm actually doing nightly races at Eldora here in Boulder. Oh, the Wednesday Nighthawks. Yeah, series. which are really, really fun. Oh, wow, um, there's something special about it being six degrees Fahrenheit outside and about a hundred people showing up in skin suits. So... <laughs> Dang, these are great one-liners. Is Eldora used this one-liner in their marketing copy? There's something, <laughs> in case you missed it, there's something special about six degrees Fahrenheit and 100 people showing up at night wearing skin suits. Hmm. So we're trying to think of, it is special. We're trying to evaluate uh, what type of special that is, aren't we? Type 2 special. <laughs> type 2. Okay, Trevor, you actually put that in your bio. You're an expert, a self-described expert at type 2 fun. Yeah. Uh, so I, I always call it the Rudy effect. I, I had decent genetics, but not elite genetics. So I couldn't just walk out of the car and then go run five minute miles with the rest of the cross country team. I had to show up, you know, already running 30, 40 miles a week first and then easy runs. I'm more, I'm running probably 80, 90%. So basically since I was little, I learned if I'm going to hang with these guys, I'm just going to be dealing with a lot more pain. <laughs> so I kind of learned to embrace it and, uh, that's my specialty now is pain management. <laughs> Okay, well, glad we can laugh about this. This is type 2, not type 3, so it's not type 1. So type 2 is a good place to uh, call it good enough, isn't it? Yeah, it's a good effort with a decent reward. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're of course, we're on the uh, audio only here, but if we were on video, one would note that you would not be described as a scrawny little ultra runner, would you? No. <laughs> so last year I hit the starting line at uh, Ultra World Championships for Spartan. It's a 24-hour race in Sweden, and Ray and I both did it. And I'm, I'm probably 30, 40 pounds easily bigger than everyone on the start line. And the first comment I get is, wow, you're huge, you're big. And uh, if you tell anyone else that in the, United, in the United States, they'll laugh because I'm 185 pounds is not big. But uphill athletes that run for hours and days, <laughs> it's pretty big. <laughs> <clears throat> Nice. And, uh, but just to note here, even though this is audio, it's not like you're overweight or anything like that. You big bone, big muscles. Yeah. I mean, my coach jokes, he says, don't watch anybody doing push ups or bench press because you'll just gain muscle just by watching. <laughs> so I kind of have those genetics, <laughs> which is not a bad problem to have if you want to go to the beach, I guess. Uh-huh. Um, but if you want to run uphill fast with elite athletes, um, the best in the world, it's definitely frustrating. But, 
it changes when I go downhill or I'm running flats <laughs> or I'm on the bike because I can put tons of power down. So that's my right. Bikes specialty. good like that, isn't it? You just shift the gear, right? And you just keep hammering. So mm-hmm. I like that. Mm-hmm. Now, Raya, you're just a little bit on the other end of that spectrum. You kind of, if I may say so, look like a runner. But on the bike, it's the same thing. You just, he shifts up, you shift down, and it's the same thing. Well, mainly whenever we're training together, I kind of hope that I can make up all the time on the uphill so he doesn't catch me on the downs. <laughs> I see. Uh, so you let little gaps develop? Exactly, yeah. Ah, okay. I like fighting the gravity better than gravity assist. I, wow, that's amazing. That's so good. Because going up, weight makes a big difference with gravity. And a flat, a little less so. And a bike, in particular, it's about wind resistance, actually. Until you go up, then it's gravity, then weight plays a role. Then as soon as you go down, then he's, he's coming at you. And it's he? great because he can never draft off of me because I never block enough wind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She's always there behind me or uh, just ahead of me. Either way, yeah, I'm suffering more. Right. He doesn't, he doesn't get any break. No. <laughs> Interesting. Extra workouts, I get. But you've already adopted, you just told us, you said pain, you've adapted to it, this is what you do. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's nice because, the, I, like I tell Rhea, a lot of times I hate what I'm doing when I'm out there, and she's loving all of it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and she'll be like, look at the views, and I'm like, I don't give a shit about the views. <laughs> um, but I, sometimes I just require that much effort to focus on one thing, wow. and that's why I enjoy these sports <laughs> well now we got this is the, what an intro to OCR OCR is like your sport I would think I mean I've never done a race I've watched some races I think it's a great sport actually but there's a little bit of type 2 in there no matter what I would think mm-hmm. you're doing some uh, you're climbing the rope you're crawling in, through some mud you're doing various things some big heavy buckets and if you don't make the particular obstacle you're doing burpees which are not super fun, at least in my opinion. But what do you think? I mean, how does OCR work for you too? I think it's a. I think it's it's a great sport in a way that it never really stays the same. Um, every race, even if it's at the same venue, the weather might change, and it's just like a completely different ball game. And um, there's always you feel like you're prepared, and there's always something that you're not prepared for. So. I think I like the challenge of unpredictability. Um, and we've had this, like some of the races this past year, one that I'll never forget where um, it was snowing. It was, I think, negative with the wind chill at the top of the mountain and we had to swim in an alpine lake. And I think the whole female field was crying for about two hours. <laughs> and it's it's just the challenge of like having to deal with things like that, that I think it's so rewarding. And I feel like that's really the magic of it. And just being able to share it with anybody, you have the professional runners, fun runners, all on the same course in the same day. Right, right. And it's a mix of skills. Yeah. As you alluded yeah. to, and as Trevor alluded to as well, um, just cardiovascular endurance isn't going to win any OCR race. But then yeah. at the same token, nor will just strength. Right. The OCR is a real combo. It's a running race first. It's an endurance race first. So, and especially now with the, it's getting more popular. There's bigger prizes. Um, sponsors are coming in. So you're getting like Joe Gray. I mean, you're getting true professional runners now chasing series. You're running. not going to outrun Joe. No. I mean, he's doing the trail series, but you're like, if you want to win a race, you need to be a professional, elite, high-level runner mm. in I all think distance. At the end mm. of the day, like to be a fast, to do good at running with obstacles, you have to be good at running first. Okay, okay, yeah. good call. But, Interesting, and then practice the skills. 
Yeah, I mean, it's a lot of body awareness, right? So a lot of people climb in the indoor gyms. They work on their grip strength and some heavy carry stuff for some specific skill sets. But really, it's just about, you know, can you move through some monkey bars or a barbed wire with less energy so that when you do get through it, you can go back to your five and a half minute mile or whatever your pace is mm. for that race. And there's also a difference between like there's now there's actually even more branching. You have really short races like the five Ks, and then you have um, and then you have like the twenty four hour races. So for the five K races, really the goal is to go through obstacles as fast as you can and be really explosive on it and just do it whatever it takes to get through it. And then for the twenty four hour races, it's more about fluid and motion and just using the least amount of energy, even if it's a little bit slower. Um, so there's even like for the same obstacles, there's more ways to approach it and to do it right, depending on the kind of race you're in. Interesting. I like that. So the shorter ones, you got to blast through those obstacles because that time counts. But in the longer races, it's still about endurance. It's about conserving energy, getting through the obstacle without burning up a lot of calories. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. I appreciate yeah. that. In your bio, Ray, it mentions that, is this still true? you are undefeated in any OCR race 30 miles or longer. That's still true. Wow. So you're good at that. I like the long <laughs> stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Dang. Now, OCR is sorted out. Um, I mean, it was really up and coming. There's a number of big, big, uh, um, what's the word, franchise events. Instead of like hundreds of running races, skiing races, bicycle races, thousands, tens of thousands, there's only a few OCR races that came under a few brands, like Tough Mudder, Spartan, things like that. Mm-hmm. But some of those are kind of falling by the wayside. Is it, I mean, help me understand this. Is Spartan the top of the heat now, or what does it look like? Yeah. Definitely. I mean, yeah. they're starting to... If they're, I, I always say it's kind of like airlines now, where you, you have to put in some money, and some of the airlines figured out if we just buy each other, help each other, we can give better prices, better service. So Spartan has figured out the system. They've got a great race. They put it, it's super professional. And so they're kind of helping other series put theirs together. They just absorb Tough Mudder. Uh, uh, that was my question. And we don't know the exact details, but they're going to keep Tough Mudder its own entity and run their own races. But they want to promote the sport. And it's an amazing sport. And everyone who races it, it's like a unique family and I think it's better for all sports if they continue, and that's what Spartan believes. So they're so you're happy that Spartan is becoming the big dog. It takes somebody, yes, to lead it. I mean, it'd be nice if there was another group. You know, you always need competition, um, but to keep it alive, if that's what it takes right now, uh, I think it's a good thing. Okay, and I should note that Spartan has many different categories. There is a there's multitude of distances and categories. So anyone can do this. Yeah. If someone wants to jump in a Spartan race, they can just do it. And they can find one somewhere, somewhat near them. Yeah. I mean, you can walk a 5K or you can go race for 24 hours in Sweden. So um, in the winter above Arctic Circle. <laughs> so you have swimming in a lake. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All lakes in Sweden were frozen. Though. There was no swimming there. That was the one oh. good thing. It was, uh, yeah. it was, so, it was, it was helpful. Yeah. It was helpful. <laughs> Otherwise, you probably would have been swimming. You would have been in the water. We, yeah. were, we were ice skating with our shoes across the lake for a little bit. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But, but you, wait a minute. You two were supposed to be ambassadors for the sport, not talking people out of it. Yeah. I mean, I think we talked people to do a 5K and then people who like the 
suffer. We just talk them into coming to Sweden. So I think yeah. we're doing great. <laughs> I, see. I mean, they do have the beautiful California. I mean, the best part of it is a lot of people use these as vacations, right? Mm-hmm. It's such a fun sport. You pick, like, you go to Montana or you go to Southern California, you do your race, and then you're by the beach for the rest of the weekend with mm-hmm. 500 of your closest friends. You know, it's the difference, like a road race, you go there, you run your 5K. If you've done more than a few, you kind of know what your time's going to be. Then you're done and you go home and it's very independent. Whereas Spartan is more, you know, you get there, there's the masses. You can all talk about which obstacles you failed or you had trouble with or you missed your spear. There's a little more camaraderie and then it kind of lingers on longer than just the actual event. I see. And you can never really, even if you're a pro and you've been doing it, you never have a perfect race. And so you don't really choose what your time is going to be. It's more about, hey, can I clean the course, run my best race and wherever I place, I place. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, times are sort of irrelevant. You can't even compare the same venue a year to year. Gotcha. Because you might have the same obstacles, but the course could change. And each course is, is very different in terms of technical running, it's model verticality, and things yeah. like that. And like if it rains, it's a whole different race because then everything is slippery. So then it might turn it might turn into like a two hundred and forty burpee race instead of just like a running race with obstacles. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, I like this terminology, and you might have heard Trevor just slip in there the spear. So a spear means it's one of the common obstacles. Where you, I guess it's a, it's not a high end spear like an Olympic javelin, but it is a type of a spear. You throw it at a hay bale, and if it sticks, you're good to go. And if it doesn't stick, it's how many burpees? Thirty. Thirty. Oh man, you want that to stick? Don't yeah. you do? <laughs> you only get one shot, so you have to make it count. Uh, Thirty burpees is serious. Yeah. Some of the <laughs> obstacles this year and last year, they're changing to run penalties or run loops, right? Just to get out of. Uh, you know, there's always that, hey, they want to make it an Olympic sport. Do we give you 30 burpees or is that hokey or do we make you run a penalty loop? You know, if the guys are running for thousands of dollars, do we want them to miss out on a 10 burpee count or should they just run a 500-yard or 100-yard penalty? Of course, biathlon. Not a, what, 100, 200 times more people do OCR than do biathlon. But as you said, Trevor, biathlon's been in the Olympics, I think, since inception. Probably the very first Winter Olympics it was included, but very few people actually participate in that sport. But TV viewers know that's what you do. They shoot at the target from different positions, and whatever you miss, you got to take a lap over there off to the side. So if someone shoots clean, they're off, and you're doing this other lap, so you get your behind by 15 seconds per missed shot, basically. Yeah. Maybe 20. So burpees are like that, except with extra effort yeah and it's more like two and a half minutes to five depending on how quickly <laughs> I mean, you that's do why them. like in the beginning if you were stronger you could sacrifice speed because i mean there were top level professional mount runners that couldn't do any obstacles so they would do 120 burpees oh they, they, just, they just skipped it they just yeah. walked in there no they, they just couldn't they, do it they just yeah. ran in there and started doing burpees them. yeah so then somebody with like me could go in there and still beat them but now those guys have figured out how to climb monkey bars and make a spear so they have the best of both worlds. Max King, who you've probably heard of, yeah. mm-hmm. extremely good runner. I mean, he was the world 100K champion. So that guy's got major speed. I'm pretty sure the most money Max has ever won in a race was Tough Mudder. Yeah. I, think, I think he won 30K, which for an ultra runner is like you know, two years. <laughs> yeah. Right. Or none. You know, some of those <laughs> ultra runs, it's crazy. Like Hard yeah. Rock. You get zero dollars for that. You get a belt buckle. Yeah. 
Yeah. You get I mean, a belt buckle in all transparent races, too. Oh, you also you you get a yeah. belt buckle and a and, little cash And a little yeah. cash, yeah. So okay. you can buy a belt with it. Okay. Well, Spartan races are put on TV. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that's the deal, right? Yeah. And so Spartan's got a, quite a business. They, they really know what they're doing. Like Trevor said, they're building community. So people want to come and hang out, participate, go to the expo. And if they sell television rights, well, they can pay back prize money. Well, if you don't sell television, where's the prize money coming from? Right. And that's why they have big, big sponsors. Rocketon now sponsors. Um, that's a big sponsor of Spartan. And they're, it's a Japanese-based company. And that's really helped grow the sport and allow them, I think, to absorb. Spartan's getting into more adventure races. They just absorbed a La Ruta three-day mountain bike stage race. Um, so they own that now. It's a trail run and a mountain bike run, um, which I think Ray and I are going to try to do this year. That's um, in Costa Rica, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. you go up over the from yeah. coast to coast, yeah. essentially. La Ruta. Three days. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Interesting. So our wrap-up here, our takeaway, if we could say, is that OCR is fun. And that as long as you're reasonably fit and healthy, you could probably do it. And that if you want to get good at it, being a good runner is the place to start. Yeah. And if you're not a good runner, you can't podium, that's for sure. And there is a little bit of prize money, but it is a welcoming place. You know, triathlons, a little less <laughs> welcoming sometimes. Yeah, and more intimidating. Yeah. With all the gear and all the stress, I think. And the, your fellow competitors are not necessarily helping you along in a triathlon. Yeah. <laughs> no, I would agree with that. That's why I got out of that sport. I mean, it's, everyone has different experiences, but yeah, I didn't belong in that. I'm too social and I goof off too much. And That's those not type that, A guys don't like that. They don't like that. But OCR, that was the vibe I got too. People are happy to help. Yeah. And they just kind of having fun and cheering each other along. When you have the, so you have the elite heats that start early in the morning, men and women's, and then you have age groupers that compete for prizes. And then there's the open class and there's hundreds and thousands of open class people over a weekend. And those guys and gals are listening to music, boom boxes, they're helping each other over the walls. They're just out there to have fun. So you could literally not have any fitness and just go to a race, do an open class and just have a blast and just laugh and hang out with your buddies. Nice. Good call. Okay. Well, we hope to have other OCR people on this podcast, uh, but this is a good, 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 good heads up. So folks, you can get out there and give it a go. Spartan, is it SpartanRace.com? Spartan.com. Yeah. Pretty Spartan. sure if you Google it, It'll it come comes up. up. Yeah. yeah. But your big FKT project, which you alluded to at your introduction, is Scale Slovenia. And this is a, one of those classic lowest to highest points in the country. The one here, of course, is called Badwater, where we go from negative 232, I think it is, in Death Valley, to the summit of Mount Whitney. Uh, Slovenia doesn't have that much vert, but still, it, you've made it very interesting. And by the way, there's going to be a link to your website on the show, written show notes, so people can look this up. But this one's a little different. So instead of starting on the bike at the, the lowest point in the landmass, it appears you're starting in the lowest point of the continental shelf. We're going to the deepest part in the Mediterranean within the Slovenia boundaries. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So how deep is that? 38 meters or 120 feet. So you're going to free dive 120 feet. That's the plan. That's the plan. <laughs> <laughs> There's the backup it's, it's plan. TBD. <laughs> There's the backup plan when I have an oxygen tank on my back. Ah, yeah. I see. Okay. So, well, this I is... feel like you can always aim high. 
Yeah. Or low. Or low. Aim, <laughs> aim low. So, yeah. Aim low. Okay, you're starting this FKT by a free dive or an oxygen dive 120 feet down, which apparently you two have never done before. No. You're not exactly practicing in Boulder Reservoir right now. Or maybe you are, knowing we're, you two. We're actually making trips down to the Blue Hole in New Mexico, which is 80 feet deep, so you can get some of it. And then in April, we're going to Hawaii to dive even deeper than that. Um, there is actually a free diving training center in Boulder. There <laughs> yeah. is? Yeah. yeah. Oceans first. <laughs> really? Yeah. The great drive instructor. We passed our level one. We're in level two now. So we're, we have a professional coach for free diving. Wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. Free diving instructor in Boulder. Yeah. Yes. Okay. All right. And then you swim to shore. Yeah. Which mm-hmm. I think is 300 meters. Is yep. that right? Mm-hmm. You can do that. Yeah. That's more of just the, the previous guy actually had a, he went down and then took a boat to the shore and we want him to be 100% self-propelled. 300 meters. You might yeah. as well swim. Just swim yeah. it. Yeah. Exactly. Wow. So that's the lowest point within the territorial waters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then swim to shore and then you got a big bike ride. Yeah. Very big bike ride. It's about 130 miles, but I, we just revised the route, so the new route is 14,000 feet of gain. So a lot <laughs> it's going to be down. Yeah. yeah, but so, net up. Net up. <laughs> net up. Yep. But still, that's a lot of up and down. Actually, 120 miles. You said. Yeah, 130. 130. And is that reasonable roads, back roads, highways? It's it's a good road. Um, yeah. It's not highways, but it's a nicely paved road the okay. whole way. All right, you get to speak Slovenian again. Yeah, I do. That'll be helpful. Yeah. <laughs> Although, I don't know, I feel like now English is almost easier. <laughs> well, except when you're begging for food or water, then Slovenian <laughs> might be helpful. Yeah. yeah. And then, off the bike, then you got to hike to the highest summit in Slovenia. And how high is that? Um, it's 2,867 meters, so just... Sure, I think just above 9,000 feet. Okay, and this is going to be done this May. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you showed me some photos, and it surprised me. So a little over 9,000 feet in May, and of course you're right there on the Mediterranean, but these photos look very snowy. This looks very snow-covered for that time of year. Yeah, it's really a hidden miss. You can get a clear trail, you can get 16 feet of snow on it. Um, that's why May is challenging, because you don't really know what you're going to get. Um, so we have to be prepared for any kind of condition, which just adds another challenge. So I presume this is a, a has to be a supported trip, because otherwise the free dive doesn't really work. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the free dive is the scariest and the toughest part. So we uh, will have professionally trained safety free dive crew um, in case something goes wrong with us, and then maybe possibly a film crew, um, friends there to haul some gear and to follow us with spares, maybe on the bike. We run into issues, and then of course we might try to stash some packs with gear up the mountain because um, we'll probably start light and fast at the bottom, and then we might have to transition to snowshoes or some gaiters to then micro spikes and axes. Right, nine thousand feet, interesting. And there is a bit of history to this. You're not creating this. There's a background to this. Yeah, actually, um, it started off with a Spartan race because the Spartan race is coming to Slovenia for the first time ever. And I was there to like do some promo for it. And the guy who's organizing the Spartan race is actually the guy who did that FKT for the first time ever. Oh. So he told me about it and I got really excited. So <laughs> then that led to the idea that 
I might want to try doing that. And so then I brought Trevor along because it's nicer to do it with a buddy. <laughs> you needed the muscle. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Someone's got to carry all the gear. <laughs> Everyone always offers to carry stuff for her, and I'm holding like twice as much, and I never get asked. <laughs> well, that's a good project. And uh, you're doing it. You're trying to raise a little bit of money to any brands listening to this the website will be on the written show notes to contact you because it would make an interesting film. Yeah. Um, so they can contact you and have a quick look by looking on the website, which we'll provide. And you're, but it's an on. You got the money raised to go there. And you could use a little more funds for a film crew. Yeah, we think it'd be a really interesting story to show just because it's so many things that we've never done before. And um, we're just trying to push the limits of what you can do if you're a, you know, an athlete and a fit person and how much does it take to do something completely new. Right, right. Well, this is interesting. So how you, uh, my guess is you've never tried to raise money for a, an expedition before. It's different style. Mm-hmm. I mean, FKTs have this wonderful gamut. It goes full on the spectrum from the super fast, very competitive, you know, rim to rim, the Grand Canyon, to something in your backyard that maybe you just invented the route. And this one's in between. This is sort of like an expedition mm-hmm. that would be hard to get there and do all these things just out of your pocket. And so you, you're, you're, it's an expedition style. You're raising some funds. So has that been irritating? Has that been fun? Is it okay to talk about it? Have you enjoyed presenting your ideas or has this just been part of the work you have to do? Uh, I mean, I love it. So I'm a project manager by trade. So I what, what industry? Architecture ah. and construction. So it's my degree. Um, so I'm a planner. Rhea is <laughs> not a planner and she doesn't enjoy asking for money and I do both well. I would prefer to be in Matins and have Trevor do all of the auxiliary work. Can yeah. I just show up? <laughs> but but the right. planning is the logistics is the most fun because you do all the research. And I've, I don't know, I've found that we've had more success, you know, being a sponsored athlete. It's really hard to ask people for money and product all the time because they're getting asked by everyone all over the world. I think when we did this, it's so unique. It's almost more fun and we're finding people are, a little more excited about it and more willing to help us. So that's been fun, kind of educating people on what we're doing and then getting a positive response back. Mm-hmm. And when you're when you're in the gym pool with massive flippers and the goggle mask, people are curious what you're doing. So <laughs> it's see, easy yeah. to talk about I it. See. So when you're at East Boulder Rec with the yeah. <laughs> foot dive fins yeah. on... Interesting. They're going, what are you trying to set the FKT on one lap in the pool? Or? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's it. Massive legs. Oh, so it's fun, but it's like becoming your own race director and promoter. I mean, you're doing it all, like you said. And an athlete at the same time. So there's definitely a lot to do. Um, and then trying to train for all these other races well, and train on for, the side. Right. And we're, we're both on a Spartan Pro team. So we still have to do and travel that. And now she's doing sky races all over the world. So that too. Right. A few things to do. Yeah. couple. But that's a good point, Trevor. You, you have to like doing that aspect. Otherwise, you really shouldn't do it. You have to have a certain knack for raising money because otherwise it just, it just doesn't work that well. Yeah. And nobody likes to just give you money because you ask, right? They want to see the passion and the joy in you mm-hmm. because then you're going to return that to them and everyone around you. And they know that their product or their sports in good hands. And I think that's the beauty of Ray and I. We both outgoing people. You know, it's not just about being the best in the world. You have to enjoy what you do, and people have to see that. Good point. 
A good point. If you don't enjoy what you do, it there's a little bit of what's the point. Yeah. Right. <laughs> exactly. And people can see that. Like, yeah, you win, but it doesn't look like you enjoy it, and you don't talk to anyone. So. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. But it's it's been really cool learning about Slovenia and just the terrain, geography. I mean, like literally, you're on the coast right next to Italy on a beach, and you're going through these beautiful mountains and valleys, and then you're on top of a summit looking at the Alps. And that's something I you're in know, the Alps, right? You're in yeah. the Alps. So is that that's officially considered the Alps? Julian Alps. Julian Alps. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Well, you've got me on that. I, for a number of years, I've known that those are extremely credible mountains with a great background, great history, but I've never been there. And I've thought about it for many years. So I'm glad you're going. This is May good. is a good time. Yeah. It's <laughs> a good time. I could... Uh, what could I do? I, I, can't, I can't help you on that free dive, I don't think. That, I don't think I got that one. I think you're good on the summit. Yeah. yeah I could do that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you can do 10 peaks, uh, no problem. You can do the summit. <laughs> yeah, interesting. Yeah. And some of the best uh, sport climbers in the world right now, currently the best sport climbers in the world, are from that part of, the, of Europe, uh, both on the male and the female side. So there's a great tradition there. And some... Fine wines are from that yep. area. Yep. So some of the best red wines in the world are from that area too. I think Zinfandel actually is either from. Oh, I think it's from Slovenia. I wouldn't know. Yeah, they, no, they, <laughs> wine they is not D, quite my specialty. I think they did a DNA test and found that's where it's originally from. I'd have to look that up though. Sorry, but at any rate, so we have we learned about OCR today, and we've learned about Slovenia a little bit. And we're going to learn more after you've done this. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. We're, we're hoping excited. to have a mountain film out of it, too. Right. So right. You Pe- not just hear about it, you see it, too. <laughs> yeah. Well, you, for mountain film, you have to practice your woo-hoos. That's what they, that, I mean, every mountain film. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You need big, epic shots with drones from far away that zoom in and out so the crowd gets all excited. A little bit of slow-mo. Yeah, right? <laughs> some, some water splashing in slow-mo. Everything looks good. Right, just down on ground level, <laughs> splashing through a mud puddle. Really high-res cycling and aero position. Yeah. Right. And, of course, that might be real-time, but it'll look like a slow-mo. But no. <laughs> <laughs> For me, yeah. Going up uh, 10,000 feet and carrying two. Yeah. But it'll be interesting because with the riding, it'll be it'll be fun to see how my body type changes and the training helps for even just OCR the rest of the year because we're going to be doing 100 to 200 miles a week of cycling. So that's, I mean, we're taking it on like it's a pro sport. So A, a few uh, cycle races maybe to get in shape. Mm-hmm. I recommend gravel. It's a very friendly scene. Use the same, almost the same bike. So if you do a gravel race... It's uh, very friendly. It's mass starts instead of this UCI license you have to have and these time starts. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just like a running race except it's on a bike. Yeah. So those would be the easiest ones to get going on. I actually just did a really fun race a couple of weekends ago. Um, it was in New Mexico, and it was bike, run, ski, and snowshoe up Taylor. to the top of Yeah. You did Taylor yeah. Quadrathlon. I did. That's a fantastic It was race. amazing. It was probably the most fun I've had in a while. Did you win? <laughs> I was second. My friend won. Who's your friend? <laughs> Tess Emer. Oh, She's wow. super fast. Apparently she is. Yeah. <laughs> Mount Taylor Quadrathlon. I, I, I love that race. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay. We've got the Aspen Power 4 this weekend. Right. So, Speaking of ski next one. Yeah. Right. That's a big up and down. Oh yeah. Yeah. That right. one that one got caught us last year. We didn't realize the downs were that hard. 
Nobody told us it's going to be double blacks. We've trained for green <laughs> We just groomers. train ups all day long, get thousands of feet of gain, and then we figure out, oh, we have to go down? This? <laughs> excellent, excellent. So you had the endurance. You yeah. had the power. Yeah. So you had the aerobic capacity to go up, and you turn around and it's like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> and I feel like that kind of summarizes a lot of the things that we do and we race and the adventures we like. We kind of sign up for things that we're not quite entirely sure what we're getting into and then just kind of figure it out on the go, which I think this like scale Slovenia project is as well. Um, the first time that I like learned about free diving, I thought it was just like free diving. <laughs> so when they asked me to pay for the first class, I was confused. Why should I pay for this? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so okay, I see. I see. Well, free. Of course, we're getting, we can't get into free diving. That takes us off on a tangent. But that is super dangerous at its higher levels. You've probably heard that. I mean, at the level you're going to be doing, it's. It's totally reasonable, but people who are going for the free diving records are very dangerous. They die. They don't come back up. Hmm. Yeah, we're hoping that doesn't yeah. happen because we have a bike ride to <laughs> That's do. That's our afterwards. number one goal. Don't die. <laughs> well, at least till we get to the top, so yeah. we get the official FKT. Then anything after that's fine. Right. <laughs> right. Good call. Good call. I'm sure you'll manage it well. That's... And then down climb after all that. Right, but this yeah. FKT is a off. Just the sense. Yeah, yeah. that's perfectly fair. That's the way lowest to highest, that's how it's normally done. Like in bad water, no one turns around and goes back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can do it, but it's very uncommon. Well, this is terrific, you two. I look forward to hearing how Scale Slovenia goes. Next week on the Fast Stone podcast, we're going to get a little warmer. We're going to talk with... Amanda Basham and Justin Grunwald, who set an FKT on the Kalalau Trail in Hawaii, hmm. which is considerably warmer than most of us are experiencing right now. So stay tuned for next week. And please, if you enjoyed this, like us and rate us and subscribe. Because the ratings really help, helps turn other people onto this podcast. Thanks very much. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Buzz.